You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. I'm eating chocolate. Well, <laughs> what's up, guys? Huh. Welcome back to Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. I'm pulling up my notes, mm. which I don't see. There we go. It's going to be a good episode. And I am going to get... My not Lacroix, my Kirkland sparkling nope, water. Nope, don't sponsor, dude. You can't sponsor people. Why? They don't pay us. They can pay us. Our non-brand <laughs> Our non-brand. water we're drinking. <laughs> if you're watching this, there we go. Let me get some tape over the label. Yeah, right. So we can't see. Costco. I used to work for you. Um, you can sponsor us. Help us out. I'll take a, a Costco sponsor. What? Yeah, I'll Kirk- take, yeah I'll Kirkland take a is a Costco. Sponsor. Costco. They give us free popcorn and pizza. angry water, pizza. They don't make any profit on their pizza. I know. Pretty crazy. They make just enough to break even. And it's mm-hmm. just a little perk to keep people coming back. Well, we are talking about a super interesting episode today. Um, one that's the, like the intro to a series that we're going to be doing for... Um, we don't know how until long. Until we get bored, honestly. Or we, we run off content. <laughs> um, it's super really it's super really interesting. We can talk a, for a, a long time. Super really interesting. It's super really interesting. You're gonna we're, you're getting quality <laughs> quality content here, guys. This is super really interesting content. But we're gonna be talking about um, the X evangelical movement. Um, and the X Men. Yeah, not the X Men. But maybe we can have intermission <laughs> where we're talking about the X Men for like two minutes. Just to be funny, like a little break. If you think about it, they're both movements. <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, ex-evangelicalism, deconstructionism. How mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, it's like re- I recently learned about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I like knew about it a little bit, but I didn't know how big of a deal it was until I started doing research. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah, you wanna you wanna intro it? You want me to give a little background? You got it. I'm gonna. So basically, um, the way at least I found out about this, I I had heard about it before, of course. I think most people know what deconstructing is, right? You just, and deconstruction is any kind of taking apart of something, right? So you can deconstruct a couch, you can deconstruct a house, right? You can deconstruct anything. Um, so it's not like demolition. You're not destroying something, but you're slowly taking it apart, right? And so there's a thing called deconstructionism, um, which is when people um, constantly deconstruct their faith, right? Or deconstruct their faith on purpose. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So... They either disprove or, like, take apart in sections what they believe about God or whatever, like, religion they believe in. Um, I would say deconstructionism is mostly, at least in pop culture, around Christianity. But I've also seen some deconstruction stuff around Islam as well. Um, I haven't seen anything around, like, Buddhism um, or Hinduism at all. But I'm sure it's out there somewhere. you don't need to deconstruct Buddhist or Hindu beliefs because you can just change them and you're still fine. (laughs) All right. Um, so that's what like deconstruction is. Um, but it's been a movement going around, especially on TikTok and, uh, YouTube. There's a a lot of very famous YouTubers that are deconstructionists and use the hashtag uh, ex evangelical because they deconstructed their faith. They didn't reconstruct it stronger, but they stayed, um, not a Christian basically. Like they, they left the faith by deconstructing it. And now they're, they're anti Christian basically. And The hashtag for anti-even or not anti-evangelical, but the hashtag for ex-evangelical is basically a hashtag on TikTok and on YouTube about in Twitter, I guess, yeah. um, about bad things or things they disagree with or contradictions, mostly within the Christian faith. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because it's evangelical, so it would be the Christian faith. Right. And if you guys remember... Uh, Some uh, of it's philosophy, though. That's why I said mostly. Yeah. If you remember, like, probably a month or a month and a half ago, we did an episode on Rhett and Link. I think it was yeah. actually two months ago. Yeah. Right before I went um, overseas. And so Rhett and Link, famous YouTubers, started mm-hmm. off Christian came out on their show and they were talking about how they're not Christian. So we made some replies to some of the things they were saying. Right. And so, um, after further research and finding out that deconstruction and ex evangelicalism or ex evangelical are both the same thing. Um, after realizing how big of topics they are, uh, Derry was saying, he's like, Hey, we should do a couple episode long thing on this. Cause this is like a really big deal in the culture. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I had no idea. So, so we're going for it, um, learning about it, growing, and mm-hmm. trying to hear people's points of view and trying yeah. to understand where they're coming from, but also trying to be a voice of firm truth mm-hmm. in light of the gospel, in light of the Bible, in light of God. You know, mm-hmm. we can challenge our beliefs, but we never mm-hmm. want to, like, be, we can challenge our beliefs as Christians because we believe God is real, yeah. right? And truth is firm. Yeah. And when we deconstruct, when we go into these questions, we need to make sure that we're being careful not to reject God himself, just possible ideologies that yeah. maybe we've grown up with that are not in line with the mm-hmm. word of God as much as we thought, or maybe certain worldviews that we thought were mm-hmm. biblical and they're not, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, a if we're going to restructure, if we're going to deconstruct, then we need to reconstruct, right? Yeah. But we do want to talk about and give light to what is this, how dangerous is it, and all those all those things about it. Yeah. So this episode is going to be an intro to what the topic is about, and then the episodes after this will be us responding both on uh, our podcast and on our TikTok um, and maybe posting them to YouTube um, about um, like in in response or stitching uh, TikToks or YouTube videos that are about um, uh, ex-evangelicalism or deconstructionism, right? And to preface this a little bit, to give more of an intro, um, we're not against deconstructing your faith, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good things that come from deconstructing your faith, Um like one, you can rebuild it stronger than it was before and get rid of all of the the bad teachings you may have heard as a kid or as a young adult or as an adult, right? Yeah. There's lots of people who teach incorrect things that are genuine Christians that just don't have correct theology or don't understand God very well or even don't understand philosophy very well and taught you something about God that isn't true. And it's it's been how you understand God. So you have to deconstruct that belief to put in place um, hopefully the correct understanding of who God is or what the Bible says, right? And so that would be a good definition or a good understanding of what deconstruction is, as long as you're reconstructing your faith stronger, right? And so within these communities on TikTok and on YouTube and on the internet, there's a lot of people that are still Christians, right? They just wouldn't call themselves evangelicals anymore, um, or they would say they deconstructed and reconstructed. I follow a couple of different Christian podcasts that um, are all about deconstruction and every episode is just about deconstructing a part of your faith that you used to believe that they think is toxic, right? Now, I don't agree with a lot of the uh, philosophy and theology on those podcasts, but I think it's really interesting because they make a lot of really good points. Um, and a lot of scholars actually have a lot of evidence to back up a lot of things they say. Um, so I think it is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I think when people... So, yeah, this idea of deconstruction and uh, ex-evangelicalism, as you can tell by ex-evangelical, right, primarily con- is concerned with evangelical Christians, mm-hmm. right? And specifically, like, they say conservative evangelical Christians. Excuse me while I clear my throat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awkward. Um, anyways, so if we're going to say, hey, what's ex-evangelical, we need to describe what evangelical means, mm-hmm. right? And I would say if people who were part of this movement really understood what evangelical means as far as like you know the dictionary is concerned they would probably 
not necessarily mean what they're saying. Yeah. Um, because the, so the adjective, at of, least, yeah. In the adjective in the dictionary definition. Right. And yeah, the yeah. noun, right. So it says of, or according to the teaching of the gospel or mm. the Christian religion. Right. Right. So if I say, um, I'm evangelical, mm. I'm saying I am putting my life in line with the teachings of the gospel and the Christian religion. Yeah. Right. And so people in this movement of ex-evangelical, I would say some of them still consider themselves Christians. Yeah. And so they probably say, oh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So then we would say, okay, you're mm-hmm. evangelical. And they say, no, I'm not. Yeah. But it's because of what the culture has become in evangelical exactly. and how the culture has understood evangelicalism mm-hmm. and what it's become over, especially especially in America, over the last like maybe 100, 200 years of our nation's history. Yeah. Right. Um, A really good distinction really fast to make in that sentence or in that, that, uh, that point is especially on TikTok, um, people will conflate uh, fundamentalism or fundamental Christianity, uh, fun- fundamentalist Christianity mm-hmm. with evangelicalism, and they'll make them the same thing. And so the the hashtags don't really mean anything anymore. It's on TikTok. It's much more of just like a group of people that all don't like really conservative Christianity, if that right. makes sense, right? right? So it is like Christians and non Christians kind of together, kind of against fundamental. Um, fundamentalist sorry christianity so a lot of like the original like cults that branched off they were very conservative i would say even um some theology and reform theology they're against um they're against oh, yeah. most any like conservative form of theology yeah the christians who are part of this group are more liberal more, mostly very liberal. yeah very yeah. like liberal and progressive christians yeah right and i read an article today it was written by someone i'm pretty sure who was part of this movement so when i mm-hmm. say this i'm not being offensive this is the people from their own movements words i'm pretty sure said that the people who this consists of is primary people of the left-leaning political tendency mm-hmm. um right and so what is ex-evangelicalism Hashtag me. um yeah you're left-leaning a bit <laughs> it's going because they're from california <laughs> just kidding all right um if you go to religion there's an article that i read that you can read yourself but they define ex-evangelical as an activist movement full of individuals trying to reshape the political and moral narratives surrounding evangelicalism by subverting its claims to moral and patriotic authority. Patriotic authority. That's so interesting. So, yeah, their idea of, like, evangelicalism is, like, Republican, conservative, white Christians right. who are, like, for America. That's such a conflation. That's right. So funny. It's like... If I say I'm evangelical, what I mean is like I'm putting my life in line with the gospel. Yeah. What they would hear is, oh, you're a white nationalist who's using the Bible to manipulate your – to get power. Right, right. Right? In which I would say, no, I'm against anyone who's using the Bible to manipulate to get political power. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not for that at all. So then they might be like, okay, you're ex-evangelical. I'd say, no, I'm not. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I'm an evangelical. Right. And yeah. they'd be like – You just – your definition's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the kind of culture we live in, right? Where definitions are being changed. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea of like gender is being changed. So now you have like two sexes, but then you have all these different genders within those two sexes. And they're just changing. Like our culture is changing these definitions that, you know, vast amounts of history, excuse me, have Mm -hmm. held to. And that's a whole nother topic in itself. Yeah. But yeah, um, some more information says they are former insiders who testify to what they see as traumatizing Mm. effects of living under evangelicalism's patriarchal, heteronormative, and racist norms. Heteronormative. It's one of my favorite words. Heteronormative, guys, just means, like, look it up. This is the actual definition. Like, uh, the idea that heterosexual uh, tendencies. Heterosexual. Yeah, heterosexual. (laughs) I was going to say heterosexuality. But that's not a word. Hetero, heterosexual 
being straight. Yeah. We those people who are heteronormative would hold that being straight is the normal mode of the human existence. Yeah. Which I would agree with. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that's not even a religious thing. That's like you're a crazy conservative person. Right. So. I'm so terribly right leaning. Um I'm alt right. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm all right. All right. Well that's getting clipped for sure. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not alt right at all. It's a joke. Yeah, but it's still get clipped. Oh, like people would take it and yeah, yeah. take that. Oh. I'm alt right. <laughs> oh, go for it. That'd be that. hilarious. Oh no, don't do, do, that. Do, it. don't do that. Do it. I have friends that will literally oh. do that. <laughs> Please don't tell Please do don't it. ask them to do Please that. Please do it and then tag me. I don't have a TikTok but tag Darren. No. <laughs> Please don't do that. Bro, all public bad publicity is good publicity. Because all publicity is good publicity. I um, guess. Anyways. I feel like that only works if you're like uh, a company. We're a company. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna shut up. Uh, all I'm saying is biologically, you need male and female to reproduce to keep the human life alive. So heteronormative Now you only need male, actually, but Keep what, going. What? Well, I'm not you're talking about recreating eggs in a lab. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about like males can do that. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I'm heteronormative. <laughs> All that to say, Ethan's heteronormative. The patriarchal and racist claims I'm down to talk about. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we can talk about that all day. And I'm, in ten I'm, years, you'll be able to talk about the heteronormative ones too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, like there definitely has been in the church um, this idea that like a male dominance and maybe in, especially in the in American church and in, in our history, a white and male dominant, like mm. heavy handed idea. So when people are saying, Hey, we got to fight against that. I'm like, yes, let's do that. Let's figure out how to be more inclusive to people of the black community. And let's mm-hmm. find ways to like include women. Yeah. Include women. And like, I'm no one, at least like we would say, no, I'm a fan of that. People are upset about it, but those are the people that we, would disagree with you yeah know? and so brothers and sisters we yeah. love them yeah like and the thing is like we can still call them christians and still call them brothers and sisters and still love them mm-hmm. because there's things that we have that we haven't figured out there that we have blind spots you know the idea yeah. of blind spots is you don't see them mm-hmm. and we're all in process and so we're all in this idea of like seeking god together and figuring out our ish on the way mm-hmm. you know is there any more background you want to give for fast before i freaking go off um yeah okay so this is where i got like, this is when I realized that this ex-evangelical movement is kind of like an actual war on, like, Christianity in a it's sense. It's crazy, yeah. Um, because this is from Chris Stroop, who is one of the leading voices. This article called him basically a prophetic voice of the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the main guys. He And he wrote in an article with his words, When Christian nationalists are in power and perpetrating horrors, we should oppose their dominionism, not with a different reading of the Bible, but with a robust defense of pluralism and secularism. Mm, that's scary. Which is saying, hey, when Christians are getting it wrong and like when white, when Christian nationalists are, which I would say like Christian nationalists shouldn't use their power to abuse. But what he's saying, when they do, mm-hmm. we need to combat it with a bunch of pluralism and secularism. Yeah. Which is probably antichrist. Yeah. You know, secularism, the word secular means without God. So yeah. he's saying the way to fight these Christians is by bringing arguments with like detach against God yeah. into it. Yeah, which is what the movement is. Yeah, so it's a really big deal. And yeah. this is like every Christian should be informed about this, to know the vocabulary, know what they're getting into, still loving them, but holding to the truth with confidence, mm-hmm. but and, and treating these people in this movement with love. Mm-hmm. Um let's see what else. Um one thing I wrote down that was quoted in the article 
is that it is clear to him so this guy named blake chaston who's one of the yep. leading voices yep. um it says it is clear to him that crisis of faith along with experience of misogyny homophobia and racism are the main reasons people exit the evangelical movement hmm. that's true yeah i would say we haven't done a great job of no. You know, as like we said, like male dominance has been definitely something in the past that we want to yes. fight for or fight against. Um, fight for. <laughs> oh. All right, that's, Man, a, that's getting clipped. There's too. so many. This whole episode is getting clipped. Dude. Okay, but you could string a bunch of stuff together if you cut it and make me sound terrible. Honestly, I kind of want to. <laughs> yeah. this. I don't think it's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, we haven't done a great job of ministering to people of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. Yep. Agree with that. And yeah, in the past, America is innately racist in the, in the past you know and it's still today is a problem a lot of racist people yeah which so, will always be a thing yeah so we opinion. don't disagree with that yeah we just don't think the way to f- combat it is with secularism or with hating yeah. christianity or leaving god yeah. those are not the answers see we don't think that the answer to like solving the problem of there being bad people in the church or bad teachings of the bible to just throw out what we think is still true right that wouldn't be the mm-hmm. answer um, anything else you got before I go? Um, you can go off. I go, I go, I'm going to say one thing. I was going to say the result. So everything they're mad about misogyny, racism, homophobia, mm-hmm. everything they're mad about. I'm it, also mad about. We're also mad about. And it's a result of sin in the world yeah. because of humanity's broken state. Yep. And the answer is not to continue with more brokenness and bring hatred and anger and abuse towards it. The answer is to the repentance and reliance on Jesus of the cross mm-hmm. and sanctification in him. Jesus is the only solution to the problem of humanity because we cause the problem. We can't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. We need Jesus. And that's why he came to the world and did all that yep go off dice so basically this is such an interesting movement to me um i'm honestly uh it sounds bad i'm a huge fan because i really like like challenging my own worldview it's just very interesting to me i remember i was on tiktok one day and i follow a lot of or i don't follow a lot i i'm obviously a christian and so a lot of like the philosophy accounts that aren't innately Christian. Um, I fo- I like to like like their videos on TikTok when they scroll through my for you page, and then some like Christian apologists I also follow on there that post their clips. Um, and I watch those as well. And so it was kind of in my vein. And so they just suggested an ex evangelical video to me one day, and I remember watching it, and like I got halfway through, and I noticed that it wasn't pro Christianity, and I kind of got like scared inside. I was like, I'm I'm in a state where I'm like trying to relax. And I like wasn't ready for my faith to be tested, and like I just so I just like swiped past it because I just wasn't ready to like be in the headspace, right? Which I don't think is innately the worst thing if you're like trying to relax. Oh, excuse me, you're trying to relax and like you're not trying to like defend your faith at that that second, right? Right. But then I went back to it, not back to the video, but I like examined my my thought process after a while, and I was like, was did I skip past that because I just like wasn't in the mood? Or did I skip past that? Because, like, I actually felt some kind of fear in that this could disprove what I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, uh, I don't feel like, I know that a faith that is unwilling or that is afraid to be tested is a weak faith, right? <laughs> and so I realized, like, I was in some, like, small way afraid to watch those videos because I didn't want my faith to be tested because it's uncomfortable to examine what I believe and see if it might be wrong, right? Because there are a lot of good videos in these this like ex-evangelical movement that question a lot of legitimate uh, like concerns about the Bible that I think are awesome and that everybody should like look into because I think a lot of them are wrong, 
right? I think some of them are, are legitimate. They don't disprove the Bible, but show problems um, with the way it's been taught before. Um, the, the problem I have, though, with this movement is that, wow, this sounds really arrogant, but <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of people like to research as much as we do, right? And like to like get into theology and understanding what they believe. And that's not for everybody. I think that people are made differently and some people are more naturally inquisitive and like to learn um, and maybe even have the like mental ability and space to learn sometimes, right? Like some people just don't have that mental space because they're so busy with life, right? Um, but it's like what we like to do for fun. Like we have this podcast we do for fun. Yeah. Um, and so we examine like these questions, right? And we look into them and we look into the hard stuff, but a lot of people don't. And so a lot of people will just take these videos, which a lot of them are propaganda at face value and think that's a really good argument. I never heard that before. And this is, this is the outline of a lot of the TikToks, right? It'll be someone and they'll say, look at me. I, in a somewhat like, it's always a somewhat like demeaning tone of voice. They'll say, I know a lot about this topic and this topic and this topic. Here's my degree on like they pointed a degree on the wall. Here's these books I've written, like three books they've written. And then here are all the books that I like read and they show like a big bookshelf. And then, so this is like them signaling that they know that we're talking, what they're talking about. Right. And then they'll say, actually this and this thing about the Bible or this and this thing about God disproves that the Bible is legitimate or that God is real. And so you shouldn't believe in God. I used to believe in God and used to be a pastor for like 20 years and now I'm not anymore. And I'm here to tell people why they shouldn't be right. That's like the classic, the classic format for an ex fundamentalist, ex evangelical deconstructionist video on TikTok at least. Um, And it works really, really well. Right. Like I saw the, the first one I saw, I was like, I was like, Whoa, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. And I'd never heard this thing about the Bible that he was saying before. Right. I forget what the video was about. It was, um, something about philosophy, but, um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I looked into it and I figured out, oh, he's absolutely wrong. Like he holds a very niche view on this certain topic. I really forget what it was. I'll find it and we'll go into it in one of the episodes. But he holds a really niche view. He does have a degree in this area. But the problem is, is that there's a hundred other guys on the other side who all have PhDs that do nothing else besides study this one topic for their whole entire lives. Mm. And he was just a pastor at some church that like has no literature or papers published on this topic whatsoever. Um, and he just decided this is his view and he's going to make a video about it on TikTok because he used to be a pastor, right? And so it's not saying... Like, I'm not trying to delegitimize his view or his standpoint based off of his, um, his like, background. But he himself starts out by saying, my view is correct because of my background. And I'm saying your view is not correct because of your background. Your view is correct whether your view is, like, your view is correct based on the it being truth or not being truth. And, like, the facts you back it up with, right? And so that's all, like, I was trying to say with that point. Um, and so I, I looked into, like, his point which was something about the age of the Bible or something. And it was not a popular opinion in uh, any secular, even secular circles of mm. scholars who um, who studied the Old Testament. And so it's, it's not legitimate or it didn't seem like it was a legitimate view. And so I didn't look into it much. But that's what most of this movement is on TikTok. Another really interesting thing um, that I think a lot of at least the TikTok and YouTube people do in this movement um, that... Uh, get people away from watch you on before I go into this uh, just to give more of a little bit of an overview of why I, I don't like the movement I like it because it challenges Christians but what I was saying is I don't like it because a lot of people 
don't look into stuff that well. And so they'll see like one propaganda video of these people um, who are genuinely questioning Christian faith, which is good to do. And then they see that one video and they start doubting their faith. And then they realize like, oh, wow, like all my friends don't believe the same thing I believe. Um, right. And maybe, maybe they're in like a more like fundamentalist church, right. Where like women aren't allowed to speak and they have to wear a veil, like a, a head thing, or even if they don't have to wear a head covering, maybe, um, maybe their church like actually is homophobic and like, doesn't believe that people, um, can be gay and not be sinning or anything like that. Right. Um, not actively, but you know what I mean? For people who listen to the podcast, um, maybe they go to that kind of a church and they think like, wow, all my friends don't believe this. And it seems to me like the morally right thing to do based on my culture, like isn't what my church is doing. And then there's this video that's like disproving everything I believe and kind of like shaking my faith. Like the legitimacy of the Bible is being questioned. And then they start doubting their faith even more. And they click on the hashtag ex evangelical and they start, start watching all these videos and they get into a rabbit hole and then they completely lose their faith. Right. And this is, um, honestly the pattern I've seen a lot of people walk and I've had friends like call me, shout Steven. Uh, some of his friends are going through this as well. Tons and tons and tons of kids are going through this thing where they grew up Christian. They're watching all these videos that are getting popular. They're getting millions of views. And they're not doing a lot of research on like the opposite side of the spectrum, right? They're just watching all of these videos against Christianity. And they're not reading the actual scholars that have spent their whole life studying these fine details of these problems and seeing like digging for what actual, actual truth is. You know, it's easy to just watch a video on TikTok and base your theology or what you believe about the world, your philosophy, your worldview off of that. It's easy. You know, it's it's an entertaining video. Someone's kind of mad, so it's, you know, entertaining. We love anger. We love, like, conflict. So it's easy to watch that video and consume it. It's easy to continue to consume those videos. And then all of a sudden, your worldview looks very similar to, like, the rest of America's worldview, which is relativism mostly. And now, great. You just look like the rest of the world, and you've lost your faith. And it's really easy to get to that point, right? It's very, very easy. Um, and you're only looking at one side of the spectrum instead of, like, actually digging for truth, which is... A problem, but you know everybody's responsible for their own faith, so I guess that you could say that about it. But not everybody is necessarily wired that way, so we need champions to to tell the truth, kind of. Um, so what I was saying before, I cut myself off um, <laughs> about uh, kind of the structure of different of the different TikToks in this kind of movement, which I think is really interesting. Um, I would say half of the ex-evangelical TikToks that I've seen are funny and very interesting for this reason in that they're very loud and they state a um, they state like a thesis that they back up with facts that is completely valid. I 100% agree with all of it. And then after they they after they state this thesis, like this this problem they have with Christianity, then they say, and that's why you shouldn't be a Christian, and that's why I'm not a Christian anymore. And I, I think you just stated something that was true about Christianity, and you said I shouldn't be a Christian. That's so confusing. So I'll give you an example. I'll give an example. There's this dude, and he was talking about um he was talking about I actually really like this guy. I follow him on TikTok. He has a very interesting view of Christianity. He thinks it's all he thinks the Bible is all symbolic, which I don't agree with him. But he has a lot of really, really interesting stuff to say. And he talks to a lot of Christians and he's really just a nice guy. And so I like his videos. Um, but he was doing this video and he said, Yeah, when I was in Bible school, like the thing that caused me to lose my faith was that um, I was doing this biblical history uh, class and I realized that almost all scholars 
um, that are like new scholars that are studying the Old Testament, almost all of them agree that Moses didn't write almost all of the Torah or like most of the books in the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. Some people call it the Pentateuch. It's called both things. Um, so the first five books of the Bible, right? And he was like, that rocked my world. And I didn't realize Moses like wasn't probably wasn't the one who wrote most of those books. I always thought he wrote all of them. And so that really like made me lose my faith and like start me questioning. And I just like never went back after that. And I was like, bro, like I knew that. And like, why is that a big deal? Like Moses, if he wrote it or didn't write it, it's obvious that he didn't write some of it because some of it's not in his lifetime, right? Some right. of it's after he's alive. And so no matter what you believe, Moses didn't write at least a couple, like a couple uh, sentences in it, even if you do believe that Moses wrote almost all of it, he obviously didn't write the parts after he's dead, mm-hmm. which is like a few sentences. And that doesn't make it not like inspired by God. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like God can use other people, you know what I mean, to tell the story of his people, right? He can still fill people with the Holy Spirit and use them to, uh, to write scripture, and it's still God-breathed and God-inspired, right? And so... I just didn't like I didn't put the the connections together of like why why would I lose my faith from this right like this is something that people maybe used to believe and then you're shedding light on a new thing that uh, scholars are finding out which is very true that they don't think that Moses wrote um, a portion of the Torah sweet that's true we now know that Moses probably didn't write part of the Torah and now we can move on with our lives and still believe that the Bible is inspired. You know what I mean? It doesn't change anything just because we thought like a character that used to write a lot of the Bible didn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see that as like being a huge problem. Another one that was really interesting that I that I watched that I also agree with was this kid who came on. He was like, I think he was like 15. And he was like, I used to be a Christian. But then I watched this video and um, I found out that like hell is almost nowhere in the Bible. Like... Jesus oh, yeah. doesn't talk about it a lot, and it's not in the Old Testament very much. Almost all the places like Gehenna and Sheol and all these places were just like uh, either metaphors or they were um, referencing an actual literal place that talked about destruction, like a, a giant like uh, garbage heap where they'd throw dead bodies, right. right? You gotta be careful with how you talk about Jesus and hell because there's like, oh, like you said, those different three different ideas for yeah. hell. And one of the ideas Jesus talked about a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like saying... The Bible actually never talks about hell, and that's why, like, hell doesn't exist, and you should never be a Christian, and, like, as, like, a synopsis of what his video is about, and I was like, my guy, like, you're almost 100% right, like, the Bible doesn't talk about hell a lot, and almost everywhere it is mentioned, like, it is referencing a literal place that either, like, when Paul's talking to the Greeks, um, he's referencing, like, the Greek version, or when he's talking about Sheol, he's just talking about, like, your grave or your resting place, right, not actually talking about a hell, um, there are a few places where I think hell is mentioned. And so I still, I still think there is a theology on hell that can be had. Um, but all the points that he was making were absolutely valid. Right. And so he was just a little misinformed, but I got to the end of the video and I was like, my guy, I agree with everything you said. Like all the points you made were backed up by facts and what scholars actually believe and what the words actually mean. You just came to the conclusion that I shouldn't be a Christian anymore because you don't think hell exists where I look at the facts and I say, well, the Bible does talk about hell a little bit, but not nearly as much as we think it does. And so I still think God is who he says he is. Right. And I would ask, like, if I could talk to someone who was saying that, I'd think, Mm -hmm. okay, so like you coming to this realization, how does that negate the existence of a creator? Right. 
right? You're just talking about one aspect of the Bible, which I think is awesome. And I think should be challenged because like both of those things, the Moses writing the Torah and the hell thing are things that are commonly believed in the church by probably most pastors, um, at least that I know and have talked to that I don't agree with and I think should be talked about more. And so I'm glad you're talking about it. The, Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, just the <laughs> the thing that I come to in the end is that I still have a necessity for a creator and a savior, and you don't think we do, and this is evidence for you that we shouldn't have one, and this is evidence for me that we've just misinterpreted something in the Bible for a long time, right? Yeah. And I, don't, I don't think it's a big deal necessarily. So, like, all that to be said, a lot of these videos are just um, people stating something that's been misinterpreted in the Bible or mistaught for a long time in the Bible that doesn't actually disprove the Bible, doesn't disprove God, but it's just like a revelation to a lot of Christians. And just the revelation itself in seeing that something you believe for so long that isn't pivotal is wrong. They think, oh my gosh, my whole worldview is crumbling around me. And I said that kind of like sarcastically. I don't mean it like to make fun of people like that. Like it is a hard thing to realize something that you believe for a long time is wrong. Right. Like, say you grew up in a church where women aren't allowed to teach, and then all of a sudden you, like, uh, you start reading Corinthians, and you start listening to some sermons about the culture and the day, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I never heard about this before. And then you get real weird, and you start learning about um, the way the sentences were formed in Corinthians 14, and you start listening to a few of the different scholars who don't even believe that Corinthians 14 was even in the Bible um, originally because of... um, some a few different uh copiers yeah um put three dots and like lines below a few different things which meant it was like segmented out from uh, a commentary and so i don't believe that's true just like from my own view but uh, there is a group in a community that don't believe that that was ever even in the bible and that it's not consistent with paul's teachings and that like you can read um that corinthians verse which i think is 14 sorry for misquoting it um verse 14 sorry wait second or first corinthians uh second corinthians i think what chapter i don't know okay but i think it's verse 14 i really should look it up i wasn't planning on talking about it so i don't remember the verse but <laughs> Four, look at 14 of all the chapters oh yeah of all the chapters <laughs> um and so where was i going if you uh, read, if you read it straight through it makes like the sentence makes more sense without the part about women speaking in church in it um than it does with it in it but either way i think culturally you can make sense of uh, Paul's time and day and say women can still speak in church, right? Um, without taking the whole verse out of the Bible, whether or not the verse was added because of commentary that like rich people had, which is the argument, um, I think is interesting, definitely to look into, but not super pivotal because I think there's good arguments to say that we, women can speak in church now anyway. Yeah. Just my opinion. Doesn't, doesn't matter. But say someone like comes across right. that and like, oh my gosh, like the Bible's like misogynistic and like I should believe, I shouldn't believe it anymore. And I would say, no, the Bible has just been misinterpreted by faulty, like, humans for a long time. And now we know what God was, like, really trying to say and that, like, this was what was happening in the culture. We understand the context now. People who actually have skill in doctorates are now reading the literature and finding out what it actually means. And, like, good pastors are doing, like, good exegetical work and figuring it out. And now we can actually know what the Bible is saying, what God is saying to us, and you don't have to not believe it anymore. Right. You know and what I mean? what's really interesting is, like, with the idea of the Bible being misogynistic and, like, all that stuff— is for the time it was written, mm-hmm. the Bible was revolutionary in how it treated women. Yeah. Um, and when I say, like, for the time it's written. Treat them like, really good. That could be like, well, are you talking about, like, 4,000 years ago? Or are you talking about 2,000 years ago? Right? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the New Testament, at least, when Paul says to love your wives, and he commands the husband, love your wives, us, we're like, 
duh, of course that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, move on. Right. But for the Greeks hearing love your wife, for Greeks, um, like life or the male, it was a male dominant culture. Mm. But when I say male dominant, I mean like Real women and children dominant. were looked at as property. Yeah. And you, your kid was your property basically until he had kids. Yeah. So like I'm like, I'm 25. I'm unmarried. I, in a Greek culture back then, I would still be my dad's property. And it wouldn't be like, I have a right to do whatever I want. It'd be like, I had to still ask permission. Bro, I'm going right? to take, I'm going to take all of these clips and just clip what you just said out and, <laughs> and edit it right in where you say, I think, and then skip to the men or women are just men's property. <laughs> <laughs> it's, another, it's another great clip. Uh, but yeah, so like, and, and this idea of like a Greek man loving or, or, or Gentile man, whatever it is, wanting, like loving his wife and honoring his wife and treating his wife with respect yeah. was like offensive to the culture. Yep. So it's not like, it's not like God looks so like, and the, one of the things you can see through all of scripture is that God so badly is fighting for those who are marginalized and oppressed mm-hmm. like all the time, every time. Right. And in, in James, it says pure religion in the sight of God mm-hmm. is to care for the widows and orphans. Widows and yep. orphans were looked at as the people in society with no hope because it was a patriarchal society more than America is, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, oh, if a woman didn't have a husband to take care of her, and then it'd be the father. And if the father wasn't there, yeah. then no one's taking care of this woman. There was no government help. There mm-hmm. was no church. The church ended up was, was ended up being the ones that helped yeah. and stepped up because that's what God commanded. Yeah. But, like, there was no hope. It was, you were homeless, a beggar, and no one respected you. Yeah. And you were just, like, thrown to the wayside. And so for God to – and then orphans as well. Like, you have no family. You have no father. You're just a nobody. No one's going to help you because that's going to hurt them. It's an honor-shame culture. Yeah. And so to say that, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, wait, pure religion inside of God is to care mm-hmm. for those who are just, like, totally outcasted by society? You know, it's the Bible is really inclusive and really liberating and calls us to go to those that society deems as unworthy of, mm. of love or affection or anything like that. We should make sure to say pure, pure religion. Um, pure religion. And it's not. And, okay, people always say it's not religion, it's relationship. It's both. I was just going to say that. It's both. I don't ever want to hear anybody say it's <sighs> not a religion. I'm not a fan of religion. I'm a fan of relationship. Bro, like the Bible says all the time. It's a religion. Like, it's a religion. It calls like, itself religion. Christ came to bring religion and reinforce religion when he was here. Religion is not bad. Yeah. Religion has just been used in a bad way by people. Right. People should understand what religion is. Yeah. It is very infuriating. But <laughs> can I keep going? You got more to say? I'm done. All right. So, like, that's half of the TikToks are, like, kind of conflations in, like, what is actually wrong with the Bible um, by, just, like, saying something that's been misinterpreted. The other, like, quarter, I would say, would be things that are actually wrong with the Bible that are debatable. <gasps> Those are super interesting. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. How dare you? Paradoxes, uh, nope. different errors in translations. Don't exist. Stuff like that that are super interesting um, and can be debated and have been debated for years and are super interesting to debate, right? And we'll talk about those. Um, the other, like, 25%, maybe even more than that, are, like... Um, Stories of abuse and stories of, you know, people in, in Christian ministry abusing the people that are under them or pastors mm-hmm. abusing people that are under them or Catholic people or Catholic priests, you know, abusing kids. Yeah. That's a big one that's on TikTok. Um, so, you know, that obviously can't be argued. Like, that's not an example of why we don't need God or why you shouldn't be a Christian. That's an example of, like, a terrible human being, like, doing something terrible to another human being. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially a human being who was given power by the church. Right. So that's an example of religion being misused, not saying religion is bad, but it's being misused. Right. And so 
that's sort of like kind of the tiers of or, or like what's kind of inclusive in these videos. I think they're super interesting. We're going to dive into a lot of them and we're really excited to dive into a lot of them. Um, a lot of them are so juicy and I really, <laughs> I honestly am so excited to like respond to them um, and stitch them. It's going to be really cool. Um, one thing that I wanted to say to kind of end and like round it out uh-huh. is that kind of the, the streamline of these videos goes from targeting people who have been hurt by the church and are doubting their faith, getting them to doubt more, getting them to deconstruct, and then getting them to reconstruct within um, relativism, right? And so every single one of these roads always leads to relativism, right? Literally every single time. Like I, I literally looked up the the um the hashtag ex evangelical just to watch like some videos one time because i was really interested um and i like scrolled through a few different videos and it went from like a few problems like an abuse story of problems and it led to like what to do when you're deconstructing and then more of what you can do when you're deconstructing and literally every video is like nothing matters so believe whatever you want it all leads mm-hmm. to like a phrase that was coined by i forget who but it's super popular called optimistic nihilism um or like happy nihilism is what some people say. And nihilism is basically the idea that nothing matters, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of depressing. But it's a depressing thing to be a nihilist. But they've coined something called happy nihilism, which is just relativism, which is nothing matters. So believe whatever you want and whatever makes you happy and then be happy because nothing matters, right? Yeah. And so it'll be people like jumping around and like skipping through the snow and be like, nothing matters. I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah. And they're happy about it, which... I guess can be kind of freeing. Like say you're living kind of oppressed under like some bad rules, maybe in Islam or something like that, or yeah. like a fundamentalist church. And then all of a sudden you don't, you don't believe anything anymore and you feel kind of free. Cause you don't, you're like, I'm not under these constraints of these people that are oppressing you anymore. Right. And you're like, wow, I'm free. I don't have to believe anything. I'm going to just live my life how I wanted to live it. I'm going to be happy. Right. Yeah. I totally understand that mindset. Right. But there's always going to come a time in your life after that point where you're going to be hungry for purpose again. Yeah. And you're not going to be fulfilled by what you wanted to do with your life. And you're always going to come back to trying to find a purpose. Yeah, which, the excitement will end. Yeah, which again is why we need a savior yeah. and God. And I just want to encourage everyone. Um, Christianity is not synonymous with evangelical. Yeah. Right? Like if someone's like, I don't like evangelicals. I'm like, okay, then we'll just drop the term. Like, yeah. I'm not bound to be a it. Christ follower. You know, yeah. And so when people say they don't like evangelicalism, we don't have to be offended. Right? It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, no, but you don't understand it. You just be like, hey, like, wherever you're at, whatever you think evangelicalism is, I'll hear you. I'll listen to you. And I want to, like, affirm that uh, things that you're mad about, I'm sure God's also mad about. And I'm mad about, too, if there's injustices in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's accusations of, like, against the Bible, then, like, read the Bible. Yeah. Look at the, edu- at, the, at the accusations. Educate yourself and, mm-hmm. and to know about this. And also, I just want to, like, remind us that, you know, Jesus says this would happen, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so this, like, quote-unquote war on modern Christianity, we don't have to be surprised or shaken by it because in mm-hmm. John, oh, excuse me, I got it. I, like, I'm never drinking a sparkling water before. So, yeah. <laughs> um, John 15, 18 through 19 says, If the world hates you, this is Jesus speaking, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Mm-hmm. If you were of this world, the world would love you as its own. Hmm. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Hmm. So, guys, like, be encouraged. Like, I I know it's like, wait, the world's going to hate me? Yes. And like 1 John 3.13, my favorite verse in the Bible, 
says, do not be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. Yeah. And I find comfort in that because I can know the expectation that I, of, of the response I'll get as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I, it, it makes me not look for validation in people's opinions, but in validation in Christ. Yeah. You know? And so I just want to encourage all of us Christians. And if you're deconstructing, I went through a period of deconstructing yeah, me too. in 2017. I think most people will in their life. Yeah. I was 21 and I was going through this really hard time and I, I decided I was like, you know what, everything, almost everything I grew up with is probably like fractured or frac- fractured and wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to change my beliefs. And it was a year and a half process of just real, like, like tearing things down and challenging my beliefs and looking at other things within Christianity. And then the one thing I held to though, I says, God exists. Jesus is my savior. Mm-hmm. Those two things have to be foundational. Yeah. And my sin is forgiven by his grace and his mm-hmm. sacrifice on the cross. So three things, foundational, right? Yeah. And then challenge everything. So hold firm to those three things mm-hmm. and then challenge everything, right? But when you're done challenging, then you reconstruct. And mm-hmm. when the over, at the turn of the year 2019, when we were entering 2019, God said, it's time to reconstruct. And so I've been on this process, this journey of really finding like, excuse me finding like what i truly believe and what mm-hmm. i want to like m- like being careful not to make mountains out of molehills but being careful to like really see like what is true and so if you're gonna deconstruct i would say do it but do it under the guise of holding true to the gospel yeah and then make sure you reconstruct mm-hmm. it's not bad to challenge opinions and challenge accusations mm-hmm. or even look into them but it's bad to say god doesn't exist because you ha- don't have an understanding right so educate yourself Pray, worship, still hold to the love of God, mm-hmm. and yeah. So and 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 be blessed and yeah. Deconstructing is the easy part, you know. Listening to a video, listening to a podcast, seeing what you used to believe is wrong, or even one side of what you used to believe is wrong, is really easy to do. Reconstructing it is the hard part, but that's where you're gonna find what truth is, right? Yeah. Like just like good science, like you can't just like look at one aspect of something. You have to look at all of the evidence to see what is really real and what's really true, right? What actually works, what can be proved, um, what thesis right. can be proved, right? So yeah. you have to do both sides of constructing and, and deconstructing. Yeah, like deconstructing because of questions yeah. is basically saying, like when they, they used to think Earth is flat not, and now we know Earth is global, but now people want to say it's flat. Anyways, it's like when that happened, when it's like, oh my gosh, Earth's not flat, it's, it's global. It's like saying, well, I don't believe in Earth anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, well, no, that's not the point. Yeah. It's just that this belief you had is actually wrong. And there's a real belief. It's a true belief that's out there that, that's yeah. available for you. And the true belief about God is that he exists, is that he loves you, is that he sent his son Jesus into the world to die for our sins. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the truth of the God we serve. And it's true for you. It's true for us. And everything else out there, then, yeah, look at it. Try to figure out, like, how you can reconcile it. And, yep. and, and then... And then in turn, once you have that knowledge, share with someone and and be an advocate of like reconciliation to yeah. God. Yep. So there we go. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, I'm going to put the Rhett and Link video somewhere over here. Yep. Um, or here. Yeah. This area. We're really excited yeah. for this new series. We're going to be answering um, those questions and kind of rebuttaling a lot of the videos on YouTube and TikTok. It's going to be a good time. Stick around for that. Um, every week we're going to have a new episode on Wednesday, so check it out. You can check us out on TikTok as well. We'll be pretty active on there. Hopefully um, you can check out our YouTube channel. 
Instagram, all those places. We have Patreon if you want to give on Patreon, or you can give on Anchor, whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people's lives have been changed because of these episodes. Praise the Lord. The Lord's been doing some awesome work. Yeah. And we really love to be a part of it. We're glad that he's been using this to, to see people's lives change and encourage. So you guys are cool. We love talking to you. Drop comments, links, whatever you want to do. We love to talk to you. We love to have a conversation. Let us know, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.